This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, the podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. I'm Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore founding members, Joe Coughlin and Martin Carlino, as uh, we actually have real life sports to talk about. We are at games and uh, we saw them playing the sports and now we're going to talk about the sports. So that's uh, how this episode of the podcast is essentially going to go as opposed to what we've been doing uh, essentially since October, maybe November as well. But um, before we get into all that, just a quick reminder that you guys can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure to just uh, look for us on uh, Apple, Spotify, Spotify, Android, what have you, we're there. Make sure to give us a nice little uh, review and subscribe as well. The more reviews and subscriptions we get, the more people we get to uh, expose uh, our beautiful takes to. So uh, <laughs> make sure you guys are passing that around as well. All right, we're going to do three periods for this episode of the podcast. In the first period, we are going to um, give an update about a, a little bit of a COVID situation that's going on with some of our local teams. We'll give you guys an update on that. And then, um, like I said, we had sports to talk about. So we'll talk about that uh, the rest of the way in the first period. In the second uh, period, we'll hear from Loyola Academy boys basketball head coach Tom Levitino as he talked after his team's first game of the season on Friday night. Um, you'll hear a very happy Tom Levitino, even despite his team losing. So uh, um, it'll be interesting to hear that. And then in the third period, um, we'll just talk about what we kind of saw when we were covering games, kind of the protocols being in place, um, how weird it was, maybe it wasn't weird at all, how cool, cool it was and that kind of stuff. We'll just, just talk about that uh, to finish things up in the third period. But we're going to start the first period off by giving an update on the latest that we know about a little bit of a COVID uh, cases uh, surge happening at Nutrier. Um, Marty, I know that you reported on this a couple of days ago. And I know that it affects some of our area teams. Um, so I'll let you just take the lead and uh, talk about what we know as of right now, who's affected and uh, how that affects the sports landscape on things. Yeah, Michael, we had a chance to cover the Dunshire High School Board of Education meeting this past Monday night. And at that meeting, we um, got some unfortunate news from the administration and the district about um, a, a bit of a surge, as you mentioned, Michael, in COVID-19 cases that have been traced back to a couple of large gatherings. So at that meeting, we also found out that four um, sports teams at Nutrier are currently on pause um, because of quarantine issues due to COVID-19 exposure or cases. So we know right now that girls varsity basketball are on pause. Um, we know that boys varsity basketball is also on pause. We know that another level of boys basketball is on pause as well. And we know that one of the school's dance teams is also on pause as well. So in terms of a little bit of a timeline, we know that these quarantine pauses are going to be in a range of 10 to 14 days, depending on when the exposure occurred, if there were uh, 
cases, exposure, multiple cases, things along those nature. So we know that the, the time frame, as I mentioned, is 10 to 14 days. Um, for, it's our understanding right now that girls uh, varsity basketball had things paused this past Sunday um, or presumably, uh, I should take that back, presumably a little bit before that even. Um, this is, uh, that Sunday date was for the boys varsity basketball team is when we know that their, their pause sort of started. So we expect maybe um, they'll be able to get back into action sometime the middle of next week if no more um, cases or exposures come up. Uh, to go back to the girls varsity side of things, we know that they have a game scheduled uh, for this upcoming Saturday the 13th, if I'm not mistaken, uh, against Glenbrook North. So games leading up to that have already been called off. So we're looking at the possible first chance of them to get into action of being sometime this coming weekend. We'll obviously keep our readers updated once we get some more information, but in a bit of a general scope of how uh, COVID cases are looking at the high school in general, this data is as of February 9th and we're recording on February 10th. So this is the previous day's data. We know that we have 38 positive student cases of COVID-19. We know that an additional seven students have been referred to uh, get a PCR test. And because of the strong, um, the strong success rate of Nutra High School's saliva screening program in capturing cases of COVID-19, we can um, we can fairly say that a lot of those seven cases, if not all of them, will probably turn into cases of the virus because of the effectiveness, the strong effectiveness of the saliva screening program. We also have six symptomatic, six students who are showing symptoms of the virus. And we currently have 164 members of the Nutria community in quarantine. That breaks down to 151 students and 13 staff members. And included in those 151 students, as I mentioned, are the four sports teams um, that we just talked over. So, so unfortunate news as uh, as sports are coming back now. But uh, hopefully, these are these breaks are able to stay at the minimum, and these teams are able to get back into action uh, once these 10 to 14 day quarantines um, go by. And just looking at the calendar, um, Nutria Girls Varsity hopes to be back Saturday. Um, hosting Glenbrook North. Um, so a crossover game there in the CSL and the boys um, have their next three games canceled. Well, already, already won, they missed and they hope to be back next Tuesday um, and Thursday, both home games against Niles North and Glenbrook South respectively. Um, so a couple of big games coming up there. Um, again, they got to pass these protocols from what we've seen about the protocols um, they're pretty strict and they have to deal with uh, if a, if a player or anybody, um, practicing with the team has, has exposure to somebody who has tested positive, similar to what we've seen in the college and pro ranks, then, then they're benched um, and they have to go through um, <clears throat> the other protocols of getting testing and whatnot. So hopefully they will get on the court soon. And um, it also seems like, and sorry to interrupt you, Joe, it also seems like we've had a couple of instances at um, Loyola Academy with their basketball teams as well. We know that the boys team has missed two games, I believe, or is it one? It's two. They've missed two games, but they are scheduled to, to get back playing. And we know that the varsity girls um, basketball at Loyola has missed a couple games, but did play recently with a season opening victory against Libertyville. So hopefully it's, it's fair to say that they're back on track to, to continue playing games here. Yeah. And I think we're, 
I don't know. A lot of the conversation has been um, let's get sports back and what can we do to get sports back and everything, what are the metrics? And um, I think maybe some of it would get lost where this is just going to be happening where you have um, teams, hopefully precautionally and doing the right thing and getting canceled, but you have games being canceled left and right. And um, obviously you want everyone to be safe as possible. And as you hear later on um, from coach Livatino, I mean, the Ramblers had, 23 games scheduled but how, how many of those 23 that they actually play he doesn't know and it's just they're going to keep on doing whatever they can but I mean I we're seeing it right right away even just from the start of the season I mean things started playing last Wednesday our team started playing Friday and Saturday and we're seeing cancellations I mean it, it's been a fight to get back to uh playing basketball but obviously that doesn't stop when the season starts and um a lot of precautions are going to be needed to take place and um obviously at this point is just getting in as many games as possible in a safe way um, for the rest of the season. And I think it's important to, to mention to our listeners that this is obviously not something that is exclusive to our coverage area. Um, We've seen this happen throughout the local sports scene in the area. I know that several, several Catholic Catholic league teams have experienced um, cancellations. We've seen some teams in, uh, the Central Suburban League, both the, the North and the South divisions also experienced cancellations. So definitely not something that is I- exclusive to our teams here alone. And as Michael mentioned, something that is unfortunately going to be uh, a factor throughout this entire season. And hopefully uh, these teams and, and officials will be able to manage it as best possible. So um, before all the before uh, these little uh, surges started happening, we did have some basketball take place for Nutria and Joe. You were there for the season opener on Saturday uh, against uh, Maine West, and you saw uh, Nutria looked pretty good. They were able to uh, kind of get the season started, able to get off to a quick lead and control the game. So uh, why don't you tell us about uh, Nutria and how it opened the season with the win against Maine West? Yeah, sure. And uh, you know, from from post game. Um, talks. They were just, you know, happy to be back on the court. And it's clear to see why they're, they're a fast, exciting team. They like to move the ball and they like to uh, play tight and fast on the defensive end and, and get out and transition and run. Um, I think um, they overmatched Maine West. So maybe it was uh, uh, more easy. It was simpler in that regard um, on that day. They won't be able to do that every day. They can score in the half court too, but they got a lot of, a lot of athleticism on that team. Um, they got a new point guard, Peter Canellos, um, who's also a, um, a striker on the soccer team. So you got the speed there. You got the athleticism. Um, they got the senior leadership and Will Geis on a one wing and um, Ian Burns, a senior on the other wing who, who didn't play in the, in the opener. Um, he's a preferred walk-on going to Michigan. Um, they got a lot of shooting. Jackson Monroe's, Monroe's one of their big guys. Um, he's at 6'8", and he's a, he's a shooter too. Um, so he, he stretches the defense. Um, and uh, they got a big Finn Cohen, who's a tight end on the football team, an emerging tight end, is their power forward. And he, he, bully, he plays some bully ball down there. He's going to get a lot of rebounds this year. He's going to – and he can get out in the break as well. Um, and he's going to get some easy post um, layups with some nice footwork down there. So um, they got a well-rounded team. You know, they played everybody on Saturday, getting everybody in. Um, so I think they do – it was tough to tell, but I think they're going to have a nice bench and probably be able to go um, eight deep, if not nine. Um, so I think they're going to have a nice team. I think it's going to be fun to watch. We'll see when they get, um, back on the court and they get Niles North and GBS going to be some fun tests for them. 
Um, I think GBS is, uh, they got another Martinelli over there. So that'll be um, fun to watch um, next week. But um, I think, I think we'll see some good things from them. Yeah, really good start for them. We'll see how things progress uh, once they get back into action. And then for Loyola, um, one of the main uh, storylines we had for them was um, you're basically replacing an entire uh, starting lineup from last year's historic team um, and replacing them with new, uh, new uh, faces. Obviously, some of them played on last year's team, but um, obviously we're in the starting lineup. And you kind of saw that in their first game against a really veteran and experienced uh, Maine South team where – on Friday night, the two teams uh, faced off against each other and really battled in the first quarter. Loyola um, started doing their full court press maybe a minute into the game. So that was, it felt like we were back to normal there uh, a little bit where you had Loyola showing off its defense and uh, really battling, having a quick lead um, and kind of able to hold it after the first quarter. But then um, you had Maine South Sean Gallery just really go off in the second half for the, for the Hawks. Uh, he sort of scored seven straight points, 11 points in the third quarter um, as Loyola went on a six-minute scoring drought. And uh, the Ramblers were never really able to uh, rebound from that with the 47-36 loss to Maine South at the start of the season. I mean, um, that defense really worked at the beginning, but then Gallery and his teammates were able to kind of get shooting in the perimeter, move the ball around. Um, and Loyola just failed to score. I mean, they had 11 total turnovers in the game. I uh, just never really got into it. Um, never really got into any set, sort of motion. The offense kind of seemed to be working at first, and then it wasn't. So, um, I mean, senior Jalen Axenball led the team with uh, 10 points. And um, I just think you're going to – I mean, Coach Leventino, you guys will hear it in the second peri period, said um, this is just basically what happens when you have an experienced team facing off against an inexperienced team, especially for the first game, especially playing – um, when you really weren't able to do as much off-season stuff as you would normally. So um, you'll hear in the second quarter or second period as well that he just says there's a lot of games to play, so you just got to play it out. I mean, now I know obviously they had a couple games canceled, so, so I'm sure they got some practice in there as well uh, to kind of make up for those open dates uh, with those canceled games. But um, Loyola has a talent. Loyola has good players. I think they just need to figure out how to play together, especially offensively, if they're going to make um, – they're going to make uh, a lot of games competitive for the rest of the season. So let's move on over now to the second period where we hear from head coach Tom Levitino. He uh, caught up with him after the game uh, on Friday night. You'll hear him being very excited and very happy just to be playing basketball, what it kind of meant uh, to be playing out there, um, what it meant for his players, and uh, talking about that experience and, and experience. So let's take a listen to uh, coach Tom Levitino now. I thought the game, was, the game was absolutely fantastic. It was so great to play high school basketball game, compete, play against a great team like Maine South, with we have had nothing but tremendous respect for. And so the best part about it was that it was, it was normal in an abnormal time, you know? And so we just feel super grateful to be able to play. Did you ever feel like this day would happen? I mean, I know yes. kept on turning around. And 100%. Never did it. Never didn't think it would happen. Never. What was it like when you guys finally, you know, went out for warm-ups once, once you guys were on the sidelines? How did it kind of feel? I, it felt good. It was just normal again. Like, it just, it, it brought it back, you know? Like, the, the, the you know, the, the, the disappointment in, in some bad play at times. The, uh, uh, you know, the happiness with some great play. The accountability, like the coaching. 
It was all good. It was a, it was a, it was so phenomenal to be back. The impact of the lack of fans. Uh, hopefully, it would be you know honestly zero. If that's what we need to play hard, then we're going to have a long year in the win loss column. Quite honestly, if we need fans to motivate us to play after after we haven't done anything for ten and a half months, then shame on us. What kind of happened in that second third quarter? Because you had a six-minute, nine-second drought. Uh, an inexperienced team lost to an experienced team. That's what happened. We turned the ball over. We didn't do some stuff that we do, but all credit to Maine South. They're, they're, it, it just, we really love playing them. Uh, Coach Lavarado does such a great job. Um, it's really hard to play them in, in you know, the first game of the year, but it's great. It was fantastic. So we have a long way to go. And the problem, you know, the good and the bad is, is we don't have all the practices to kind of iron the kinks out. We got to kind of get experience without a ton of practices. But, um, you know, we've chosen to, to make sure we play games because that's what our guys need and want to do and deserve to be able to do. So we'll, we'll, we, I guarantee we'll get better. Other than your Catholic League schedule, who else are you going to play? Well, we play Northridge Prep tomorrow. We play Notre Dame. We play Evanston. Um, we play Marion Catholic. We're going to play St. Pat's. Pretty good schedule. Yeah, how, many, how many games do you figure that is total? Hopefully 23. But we know that we know that it's, you know, we're hopeful. Every, every, and this is all we say is control what you can control. That's all we say. That's all we've been saying. And so we're going to continue to do that um, and hopefully make the most out of every single day. Because right now, it, it, it's just, it's excellent. You know, probably never felt this great in a loss. How's the, how's the adjustment been, you know, from you got his weight and weight and weight from months, you know, to finally get word. Then you get, okay, now you can start right away pretty much. And then you're trying to, like, rush together and get the schedule. This, yeah, this this can't be said any more importantly, and maybe the, 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 the best question that I've been asked. Our athletic department has done an absolutely phenomenal job of making this happen. They have been supportive of athletics, safe athletics, from day one in July, and we haven't had any hiccups as it relates to athletes and and this pandemic, and and hopefully that will continue. Um, but they have worked tire tirelessly to uh, allow us to play, and the gratitude towards that department is enormous. Thanks so much for joining us, Coach, and as always, thank you to all the coaches and players. Always good to get your guys' insight. Um, always appreciate the time as well. So. Let's move on over now to the third period. Before we do that, let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicagoland area, so make sure to check them out, move better, and live better. So in the third period, we're just going to talk about um, some things that we noticed, just what it's like to play sports in the COVID era. Obviously, we um, covered sports in the fall, but a lot of that was outdoors. Um, so this is a little bit different, a little bit more, um, more rules, no spectators and that kind of stuff. Joe, I know you covered a basketball game and, uh, gymnastics meet and I covered a basketball game. So, um, why don't you take us through what your, uh, just experience has been like, what you kind of noticed, um, from the couple of things that you've been able to cover so far this winter. Yeah. So, um, kind of feeling it out, right, Michael, when you're out there kind of seeing, you know, there's no um, one sheeter telling you exactly where to go. You're kind of following the lead of the athletic directors and um, the on-site personnel kind of guiding you through. So, you know, at Nutrier, um, 
not that this was a bad thing. It wasn't as strict as I thought because I went in going ready to be very strict, contained in one area. And uh, they just wanted to let's start with gymnastics to make sure I was, uh, you know, away far enough away from the, the gymnasts as well as the fans and keeping my distance, which wasn't that problem in a pretty empty gym. Um, the, their, uh, the gym there on the Northfield campus for specifically gymnastics. Um, they had the chair set up. Usually they have, I don't know, 70 chairs all next to each other. They had about 25 separated with plenty of space for fans um, and mostly parents. I'm sure they were. Um, so, um, and then during the interview portion of it, you know, not much direction. It was kind of common sense. Stay, you know, keep your distance. And I think um, the student athletes as well as myself and, and the coach knew to do that. Very similar to Nutria basketball. You know, when I got there, I went upstairs in the Gates gym to their, um, their balcony area and just kind of found a seat um, and made sure um, if there was, you know, looked for a media table, if there was one, um, there didn't need to be on, on a Saturday um, against Maine West, but it was pretty simple to be honest, plenty of spacing. Um, we were sitting opposite um, the gym from the fans. I counted 30 um, well-spaced other than, you know, um, households were together, but otherwise well-spaced wasn't a problem in that gym with about 30 fans. And uh, yeah, just kind of enjoyed the game with plenty of space and plenty of room to take photos as well. Um, there was no real concern. So, you know, you notice the scores table, since usually those individuals have to sit pretty close together, I noticed there was guards there, the plexiglass, as well as they broke that up into tables rather than one long table. There were multiple tables for everybody from the, the scoreboard guy and the scorebook guy, um, as well as the announcer. So that's what I noticed. I mean, the basketball experience, kids were wearing masks that fell off all the time, fell below their nose all the time, but they were, they were keeping them on. It didn't look any different. It was an enjoyable basketball game. What was that? Uh, Cause the girls gymnastics meet was virtual, right? So the team uh, they were right. playing against wasn't there. So what was that experience like? I mean, did they talk about what it's like to compete against someone that's um, not in the same gym? I mean, what was that atmosphere like? They did. I talked to two seniors after the fact um, and they mentioned it was different and not exactly a positive difference, just kind of different. You know, they wish they could, you like to know how the opponent's doing in gymnastics, um, whether that adds pressure or relieves pressure as you move through the, the four events. Um, and, and you're not able to do that. Evanston actually was a little late putting their score. So they didn't know through the meet how Evanston was doing. So it felt more like a glorified, um, I guess, practice um, where you go through all the events than it did uh, a meet to them. Um, at least that's what they said. So they're going to have to get used to that, but not every meet's going to be virtual. For instance, I believe they hosted Carmel in the gym on Tuesday. And I, I, I have yet to check the score from that, but um, which was last night. So, um, yeah, I think it was different for them. It's something they get to used to, but they were also happy that they got to actually compete and go through their full routines in a fluid motion. Um, so um, definitely different for them. Is there a reason, Joe, why some are virtual and some are in person? Is it team size or? The explanation I got is the Central Suburban League um, wants everything to be virtual. That's their guideline. Okay. So when they're not playing Central Suburban League, if the other team's okay with it, they can do it in person, which one that's kind of convoluted, right? Because one of them's a Central Suburban team, so it's okay non-conference, but not okay in conference. 
it seems to be a bit of a, a disconnect as they start the season, but I know also yeah. they tried to start it pretty quickly once they got the okay. So have we heard, have we heard anything in regards to the swimmings, uh, boy swimming? Do we know if, if those are virtual? I know we had some virtual girls swimming meets in the fall and then some in-person meets. Do we know if they're doing virtual as well or a mixture? I believe they are doing virtual. Um, and I know they announced one of the, one of the late, um, guidelines from the IHSA was that relays were okay, and so we're yeah batons. relays are back. Yeah, relays are back. So we're batons, um, so relays for a track, um, they okayed those. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they're virtual. It looks like on Saturday, the swim and dive team will will, uh, will face off with Glenbrook South virtually. Yeah, I think the boys are probably going to do the same what the girls did, where um, everything's going to be virtual except the. Uh, conference and sectional need i'm sure which caught us a little by surprise in the fall but i mean it worked out pretty well so um i'm sure they'll follow the same protocol um there as well and um covering loyola on friday um i kind of headed into it thinking that'd be pretty strict and it was pretty strict honestly when we were there um they had you i mean you guys know you guys had to supply my name for um making sure i was there um once i got there you had to take your temperature you had to walk is precise route it's, it's weird because obviously having gone to Loyola I know how to walk around Loyola but I had to make sure that I had to take a specific stairwell and that kind of stuff so that was interesting and then you had your own spaced out table um all the reporters and photographers could only be um upstairs on the balcony there were some students like I think just someone from the basketball program kids who were in the bleachers but that was pretty much it and it was really interesting just to watch the game where you had um I mean, there was no huddling at all, which was really weird. I mean, when Loyola was getting ready to, after the, they were done with their warmups, they had like a socially distant circle and he had guys go in the middle of the circle to pump each other, pump each other up and um, the national anthem. I mean, the bench, you I mean, you had kids spaced out on the bleachers instead of like sitting next to each other. I mean, for huddles, I mean, if you see Scott Margolin's photos from the game, you see kids are spaced out on the benches and you have, even in the huddle, uh, during a timeout, kids are spaced out. Mask breaks were a thing, which I thought was really interesting. And they would just stop, I think, after like three or four minutes, and you would have a mask break for like 90 seconds and um, catch their breath and uh, drink a lot of water. But it was a lot of – it was weird, but it seemed like everyone knew what to do. I think coaches only had to uh, remind their players to socially distance and be six feet apart a few times. I mean, South actually didn't go into a locker room at halftime and they brought out this huge whiteboard and they just started going over some stuff. I mean, you had reporters like trying to figure out what they were um, trying to switch up at halftime and that kind of stuff. And that was really interesting. Loyola went into their locker room, I assume, or into the hallway and Maine South just brought a whiteboard and started just going over plays and that kind of stuff. So um, it was really interesting. I mean, like Joe mentioned, you had mass falling down because that's just going to happen when you're running or someone accidentally smacks you and they're trying to play defense um, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was a really interesting atmosphere, little differences, but um, as, as you mentioned, Joe, a lot of athletes were excited to uh, excited to go back out there and uh, play some sports. And it seemed like it went out off pretty well without a hitch. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to, to more as, as the season kind of evolves and, they probably get better at some practices and more efficient, but um, you know, and we knew like we talked in the first quarter, there's going to be pauses um, and it's not exclusive to our area. Um, it's just, you know, COVID is a disease that is not eradicated. And it's, so it's, 
uh, a virus, I should say. So it's everywhere. Um, there's going to be pauses. Um, but when, you know, when we're in the gym, I think it's, it's a competitive athletic atmosphere and what we're generally used to in terms of competition. So it's, it's been fun just in it, you know, there's some differences um, and it doesn't take, it hasn't so far taken away from the enjoyment, if you ask me. Yeah, I think so too. And as you guys heard from coach uh, Tom Levitino, he talked about when someone asked him um, whether a crowd like plays a factor in motivating them. And he was, as you guys heard, he said, basically like, I mean, if you need motivation after not playing for so long, I mean, what, like, why are we doing this? So like, obviously it's weird without, the crowd and I mean that's been a factor for much of um a lot of sports no matter what the level is um fake crowd noise and that kind of stuff but um you can just tell a lot of the guys were excited to just be out there get their opportunity a lot of that was yelled out uh during before the game saying this is our chance this is what we've been waiting for and that kind of stuff and um obviously it's not going to be perfect obviously there will be hiccups along the way we obviously know that it's just trying to uh mitigate those hiccups as best we can and try to keep everyone as safe as possible um, until we uh, hopefully get everyone vaccinated and obviously we can uh, move on from this. But any uh, any uh, closing thoughts, Joe, just from what you're able to see, anything that you're interested to see um, moving forward, just coverage-wise? No, you know, I just saw um, a lot of joy, and I, I think that might be easy when we get a victory on the basketball court, but uh, – yeah. I think they were just happy to be out there. And um, a lot of kids got on the, the court for basketball and gymnastics did all three levels. So they all went through routines on all four events. Um, so it's just a lot of getting student athletes back in the repetition, back in what they enjoy, back in kind of the, that's part of who they are and who they've grown up to be. Um, so, you know, kind of putting that puzzle piece back in their lives, I think it's so important. And it was, I was glad to be, you know, kind of witnessing and documenting it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, fun to be talking about sports. Obviously, we talked more about every the a little bit more about what's been going on and that kind of stuff. But we did uh, luckily get a chance, and you guys heard from Coach Tom Levitino as well about actual sports and plays and play by play and that kind of stuff. And it's fun to do, and it's fun to have those uh, kids back out there as well. So um, I think that'll put a wrap on everything that we have going on for this week's episode of the podcast. I know. Uh, Marty, you had a story that came out uh, yesterday about Gates Gym that uh, the board is going to vote on Tuesday. Uh, what do you think uh, is going to happen and what do you think uh, fans should expect the next time we talk to them on the podcast when it comes to uh, that board vote on Tuesday? Yeah, right now, Michael, all things are pointing towards the board approving a plan that's going to knock down Gates and construct the new facility that we've talked about a couple times on this podcast. The, uh, the financial practice projections are very detailed. The funding plan is very detailed. The timeline is very detailed. So to have this, uh, this many uh, parts of the plan already in place is a pretty good signal that, uh, that that's the decision we're going to get to. And we, throughout some of these board meetings that I've had a chance to cover, we've heard a lot of student athletes and coaches um, in the public comment sections of these meetings come up and say that they're, they're thankful the board's considering this and they, they believe it's time for an update and, while it's a, it's a historic facility and there's a lot of memories and, and great moments that happen there, that uh, it's time for a change, that uh, the athletic programs, a, a caliber of New Trier High School has, uh, deserves a, a little bit more updated um, facilities to, uh, to best serve the, the large student athlete population they have. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that vote will be on Tuesday and I'm sure you'll keep us up to date. So make sure uh, you guys at home are checking out the record North Shore 
sportsnewsnetwork.org to get all the latest stories on that end and also all the other sports and news and everything else that you need. But I think that's uh, everything we got for this uh, week's episode of the podcast. Just a quick reminder, you guys can subscribe to us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Please give us a nice little uh, subscription and review if you can. The more we get, the better things look and the more people we can uh, talk to as well. So for Joe, Marty, and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. Happy to be talking about sports, and we will talk to you guys down the road. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.